This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 394. And the quote of the day is, nothing is permanent but change. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. What's going on, boys and girls? Nick Ruffini here. I hope you're well. I hope if you're listening to this on Friday, I hope you had a killer week so far and you're looking forward to doing something cool over the weekend. Let me know. I'm always interested in what people are doing over the weekend. So just hit me up like, you know, on social or I don't know, shoot me an email, whatever you want to do. Speaking of uh, something to do, you should check out the Dream Hang. This is a symbol and beverage tasting event featuring a performance and hang with Scott Pellegrom. That's going down on June 10th from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Third Coast Recording Company in Grand Haven, Michigan. And this is the chance for everyone to sort of be on the same playing field to just hang, grab a drink, get something to eat, and check out some dream symbols and watch a little bit of a a clinic with Scott Pellegrom. But it's not a quote-unquote clinic. It's just a way to hang and talk drums and cymbals and and just kind of get to know some other drummers in your area. So check that out. It's June 10th from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Third Coast Recording Company in Grand Haven, Michigan. And... We're going to try to do one of these in the Bay Area, so I will keep you posted on that. But check that one out if you're in the Michigan area. Now, I'm going to get into this conversation. This is with my friends Matt and Zach from Working Drummer Podcast. So I've known these guys for a long time. They have a great podcast over there where they interview ground-level working pros is what they say. And we had a roundtable discussion way back uh, in March twenty or in 2017, March 24th. That's episode 255 if you want to check that out. And we were all talking about the transitions that we were going through. Zach had just moved to Atlanta. Uh, Matt was coming off the road and wanting to stay more in Nashville. I was just moving to the barrier. So we check in and talk about that and then get into just some other topics about getting older as a player and as a, as a session musician. And there's a lot of stuff that we talk about in, in transitions in general and how we made some of the transitions, some things that we accomplished, some things that we didn't accomplish and some things that we're, we're currently working on. So just a really great conversation from three guys who have known each other for a while, who have gone through some transitions and have been at different stages in their careers with touring and, and doing session work work and me with starting drummers resource and, and and us and Zach and I moving and all that. So just a really cool conversation and I'm happy to have done it. I love those guys and uh, let's get into it. I'm not going to waste any more time. This is me and Zach Albetta and Matthew Krause. Check it out. This uh, everybody's saying this is like the worst flu season in a long time. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I um, uh, I was at the gym this morning and it was on TV. They said that um, bragger. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, look what? at you at the gym. Oh, <laughs> I just do it so I can eat pasta. Um, Man, <laughs> you're singing my tune. Baby. Yeah, I'm like I don't. You know, <laughs> it's, if I if I didn't go to the gym, I'd be 600 pounds. Um, <laughs> So, but they were saying that the flu may, um, may last, like the flu season may last until May. Wow. Yeah. So they said it's like maybe one of the 
<clears throat> one of the worst flu seasons ever or something like that. So, so more canceled gigs to come. Awesome. More canceled gigs to come. Yeah. Oof. Well, you know, I went to, cause I hadn't gotten my shot and my older son hadn't gotten it either. And that's kind of unusual for us. And so we stopped in the Walgreens and, and they said, Oh, we're all out. And I said, Oh, well, we really need to get it. And, and the pharmacist is like, no, it's all media hype. I wouldn't worry about it. the season's almost over. I was like, what? <laughs> it seems really weird. I mean, you kind of look, for them to give you some guidance this they're mm -hmm. kind of supposed to be the authority and then we went to a different place and like yeah no we're about halfway through the season it's going to be tough so you never know and mm. i think you just kind of have to do what you did you get a um a shot nick uh i didn't i didn't okay so i've never well, had the, i've never had the flu before so yeah <clears throat> i literally like i just i don't get sick like my wife was always like it's amazing she's like i just don't get it like when someone if i'm like drinking out of someone's drink and they're like oh i'm sick don't try i'm like it doesn't matter i don't get sick <laughs> like i just i don't i just don't get sick i don't know why yeah. but, it's an unusual uh, thing and my body is a hostile environment that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> all the all the different things they're keeping themselves in balance one thing that's out of balance man you're you're you've got you know something crazy yeah and sure. it happened. So yeah. I blame it on Nam. <laughs> I believe it, man. Yeah. I believe it. Maybe that's what uh, all my friends are coming back from Nam and, and, you know, bringing that shit with them. Yep. Yeah. In years past, I've heard about like the, the Nam flu is a thing. Like yeah, everybody goes to Nam yeah. and then Nam Thrax. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> is there a way to incorporate Nam and Typhoid Mary in some sort of words we can so probably figure it out yeah <laughs> listeners jump on uh jump on facebook or twitter and <laughs> let us let the us most know. creative you know it's a it's a coupling of yeah. words or you know col col jane or something <laughs> i like it <laughs> that's it okay <laughs> That's it, man. You got it, Zach. Zach nailed it. I win. Yeah. I win. You just Never mind the hashtag contest. Cancel. You it. just you just won the internet. Yes. <laughs> um. So uh. So other than uh, other than the flu, what's what's going on uh in in Nick Ruffini world and Drummer's Resource world? So um, so yeah. So like I moved. Um, we, we talked about it on the last on the last roundtable. Like I was I would. I, I was just getting ready to move out to the Bay Area. Um, mm -hmm. So I moved out here. I got like the literally the first week I was here, I got a rehearsal spot. I got a gig, um, all that, which was like super cool. Um, so then um, I don't know. It's been it's been kind of weird here because I'm sort of I'm a little bit far out of the city. Um, so it's there's not like a there's not a huge scene exactly where I'm at right now. And, mm -hmm. um, I kind of, without, without saying too much, I think that we may be relocating again. Mm. Um, and I'm a little bit hesitant to like put all this work in and lay all this groundwork to leave again. Right. Um, right. So I've been, I've been really focusing on, on the podcast and I've been, I've been doing a lot of, um, consulting inside of the music business for people who want to start podcasts and start and run podcasts. So like working, working with labels and management companies and artists and stuff like that. Um, so whether they're coming out with a new record or, you know, they want to, they want to have their own, like their own podcast, uh, 
properties and stuff like that. So we're, I started a whole production company and that's what I've been really focusing on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I, it's so weird, man. I just, I just haven't been playing that much. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I wondered about that. Um, I, I saw you put up a Facebook post about starting, like trying to start a funk band. Oh, um, funk muscle. A few weeks ago. Funk muscle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got the name. What can I use this with? Right. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I, I took you literally and seriously, but were you just like looking for an excuse to use the term funk muscle? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I like, I want to, I, I do. Here's, here's my goal. So like I actually, the other day I got, I got asked to, um, to do some sub work for like a, a pretty, a, like a really well-known top 40 cover band. They tour, like they go, they tour internationally and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was legitimately like, dude, I just don't think I'm the right guy for the gig. Like I, mm-hmm. it's not the stuff that I want to play. And I've never been like a top 40 cover band kind of guy. Not that I'm not knocking it. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I just choose right. not to play that. So for me, mm-hmm. I think that if I'm going to, if I'm going to start another or be involved in another project or something like that, I want it to be music that I really want to play. So I do want to start like either an organ trio or start uh, like, you know, like an old school, like funk R and B group with like, I want a bass player, a guitar player and an organ player and myself. And yeah, you know what I mean? And so like, I don't need, I don't need to go out and like play living on a prayer you know, like I just like I've like I've done that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and we 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 covered a little bit of this last time. I I think that you guys brought up, or Nick, maybe you did bring up this idea of kind of cultivating something that, or being more selective about gigs. Yeah. And I just laid it out on the table that it's not something that I've done in recent years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, don't I remember feel- you talking about that. Yeah, and <clears throat> I think that if you you kind of have to decide, like, it can I create a work environment that really sets up the right parameters for the kind of gig and the kind of music that I want to play? And and man, I think it's awesome, and I, I, I admire that. I, I think that at certain, depending on how you want to work or how you want to spend your time, uh, sometimes that works really well. And, and, but, but like for me, my, my goals are maybe are a little bit simpler as far as musical music, mm-hmm. um, that it, it's, for me, it's, it's just more about, uh, finding work in whatever kind of musical genre. Uh, and there's trade-offs. There's, I think there's pros and cons to, to both those ideas. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I, I, uh, think about, um, you know, musicians who are are choosier about the the gigs they choose to accept um, versus uh, guys, which I th- I think me and Matt would fall into the second category, which is like we're we're pretty open to to whatever opportunities come along. Um, but where where I get choosy and and where I try to be discerning and and set myself up for a good experience is um, who I choose to play with and yeah. and what those gigs are gonna feel like. Um, as opposed to exactly what music we're playing. Sure. Um, sure. And, you know, my, my time in Atlanta so far has been a, a great example of how I've been uh, fortunate to play a lot of different types of music. 
Um, but the thing that almost all of them have in common is I'm playing with people I really like who are really great musicians um, who, you know, are as prepared as I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so th- like that, that goes into like how, you know, when I, when I get a, a gig offer, I'm not thinking so much about like, what kind of music is this? I'm thinking about how is this gig going to feel like, is, <laughs> do these mm-hmm. people have the potential to piss me off? Um, does it, does it have the potential to be just a bad work environment? Um, and you know, the, the answer is almost always no, like it's, it's great people here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but it's the, you know, it's the old thing about the, uh, the, the gig triangle, like there's the money, there's the music and there's the hang. Right. And you got to hit two out of three. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think for me, like, I, I, like there was, there was so many years where I was playing, you know, 200 dates a year. Right. Mm-hmm. And but I was I loved I had two two main projects that I was when I was like hitting hard and we were I was doing like probably yeah like two I don't know like 200 dates a year maybe a little bit more a little bit less but both projects I really loved I loved the bands you know like we were playing a ton of original music we were um if we were playing covers we were playing like totally like obscure covers and stuff like that and mm-hmm. now like I was in a weird situation because when I moved to New York, I didn't, you know, my network was in Philly. So, um, so I moved to New York and I wanted to get drummers resource started. Then I moved out here and I know no one in the Bay area at all. And so part of this is probably an excuse on my part where I'm like, no, I just haven't found the right situation. I haven't really looked for the right situation either, to be honest with you. Um, but, but I have had a couple people call where I'm just like, man, I just, I like I don't know if this makes me like not a real musician or not a real drummer or whatever, but I'm like I'd rather not go play in a bar for a hundred bucks on a Friday night. I'm like I'd rather just hang out with my wife because I don't need the money right. because I have like I have a quote unquote day gig through Drummers Resource, so right. playing is not my is not my main source of income. So I guess I can be more selective and like every day I'm like man I want I still want to get into a really great project that's challenging that I really enjoy the music. I really enjoy the people who I'm playing with and that'll come, you know, I, I know that that will come. So, um, and not yeah. that, like, I'm not just sitting on the couch waiting for the, for the phone to ring, but I know that that opportunity is going to, to come when I'm ready for it. And when I'm like, okay, I'm going to go out and actually do this. I'm either going to start my own thing or I'm going to be in a town where, where I'm settled and I know that we're not going anywhere for a right. while. And, uh, and I can, and I really feel good about like laying some groundwork and not being distracted with, with other things, like trying to grow drummer's resource or whatever it is. Right. And so I don't, I don't know if you're at liberty uh, to say, but, but where might you be relocating and is it your, your wife's career or your career or both that is taking you there? Uh, it would be LA. Mm. Um, and it would be it would be my There's no music there, man. <laughs> and the weather's horrible. Um, I it would be more it would be more for my career. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that we're that that I struggle with because I'm sort of taking my wife away from what she's doing right now. Um, right. So we've to, I mean it's we've to figure that out. Um, so I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen because she has a great gig and she doesn't want to leave it. And I don't want her to leave it. So we're trying to figure out like, Oh, maybe there's a way that she can sort of work remotely or, or something mm-hmm. like that. So, 
Um, but for me, I feel like I'm stagnating here I just, because there's just not, there's not a scene here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And these are, and man, these are a lot of things that, you know, when we're first started starting to get into the business and, and I know that you as well as us have a lot of listeners in their late teens, early twenties that are trying to kind of tap into what's happening. What can I learn from these podcasts to, you know, ready myself for the business and, they forget. It's like, well, then life happens. And mm-hmm. um, not everybody, but a lot of us create relationships and get into this. It's just part of life. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's not about you. And mm-hmm. there's a there's a collective thing that's happening that, that decisions have to be made if it, together and, and it affects each other, you know, especially in 2018 compared to 1958. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, your partner has a career and 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 that's important and a life that's important to them mm-hmm. as much if not more so than than your sorry ass so <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know though all those things are are important and i think that uh, in a in a business where it is very much about you and your career and promoting yourself and and uh, those kinds of things you really have to take into consideration the other person in your sure. life or people, depending on what's going on. Yeah. And yeah. it, and I think it depends, you know, you can be, you can be more or less selfish depending on your situation. <laughs> right. So you can be, yeah. if you're yeah. single, you can be super, you can be super selfish, which I don't think is selfish, but you know, let's just, no. let's just use Decision. that for, uh, for a yeah. lack of a better word. But you know, and then if you're married now, it's like, okay, well now I, I can't be as selfish, but I can still be like, Hey, I really want to, I really want to do this. And then when you have kids, you can be even less selfish, you know? So it's like, depending on, on where you're at in your career and what your, what your home life situation is. And some guys are like super selfish about it and they get married and they have kids and they're never home. And then, you know, then they regret it when they're 50. Um, Right. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I never wanted, I never wanted to be in that situation. Like I had, I had Chris Layton on the podcast uh, from, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Double Trouble. And one of the things he said it in passing, but it really resonated with me was that he was like, yeah, I'm a drummer. It's not who I am, but it's what I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's exactly how I feel. Like yeah. I'm a drummer. For sure. I love you. Yeah. Mu- I love drumming. I love music. It's like yeah. the only thing that's, that's ever really made sense to me, but it's not who I am. I'm not going to mm-hmm. be, I, I'm not just going to be defined by like, whether I'm playing drums professionally or not. It's like, it's just part of what I do. Like I do a lot of other things too. And I like a lot of other things, you know, like you guys, you know, like we were talking, you know, we're talking about like food and wine and I know Zach's really into cooking and you know what I mean? It's like, it's like you just happen to play drums too. Right. And there's, uh, you know, people, people who make what they do, uh, part of their identity. Like, I, I don't think that's a bad thing to do necessarily, but I think a lot of people, a lot of people take it too far and, and sort of deprive themselves of allowing mm. other things into their identity, yeah. um, and, and, and deprive themselves of other life experiences. Like you I mean, a simple example is how you said, uh, you know, I don't want to go play in a bar for a hundred bucks. I want to stay home and hang out with my wife. And, yeah. uh, you know, I can, I can totally relate to that because if you have like, you know, other things in your life that are important to you and that you love, then, um, you're, you're willing to, you know, put, put music or drumming or whatever it is that drives you 
on the back burner from time to time to just like experience whatever else life has to offer, whether that's hanging out and watching TV with your wife or going on vacation for a week or, you know, learning about some other hobby or skill or craft or whatever. Um, I've, I've always had trouble relating to, um, musicians, especially who, um, who just eat, breathe, sleep, shit, music right. all the time. Right. Um, and, and I, you know, like, music, I don't... music needs those people because they push the envelope of, of creativity and, and, and all that shit. Um, but I, it, I just, it's, it's, it's not a life I want. Right. And I'm not willing, I think to piggyback on what you're saying, like, I'm not willing to give everything up for that. Right. You know, right. like I like things, you know, like I like doing stuff. <laughs> I yeah. like, I like other things that set the pickup know, line you used on your wife. I like, I, I like, I like things, things. <laughs> <laughs> many leather bound books. Um, yeah, that's right. But you know what I mean? It's like, there's, and I, and I, I've asked this a lot of times. I've asked a lot of my guests on the podcast, like, are you, are you a person who lives and dies by, by playing drums? And, mm-hmm. you know, is it like, if you could never play drums again, like, is your life going to end for me? I'm like, no, I just do something else. Yeah. You know? but, and sometimes the answer is yes. And that's not right or wrong. That's no, that's no, 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 not at all. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, one thing you, you said, Zach, is to not judge someone's lifestyle, but to remind them that don't deprive yourself of all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times, you know, creating certain things in your life, whether it's, you know, an interest in other things outside of music or building upon relationships and friendships, man, I can't imagine that not helping your playing, your yep. ability to relate to other musicians mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the gig, um, and just just making life that much better and make, making you a happier person to be around and to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I think it's one thing if you if you're if you deprive yourself and you're cool with it, right? And you're like, right. man, this is like what I, this is what I want to do. I think that's fine. I think that if you're doing it because you feel like you should, or because other people have, or and right. we talked about this last time. Like I had a really hard time when I was like, I like other things other than drumming, mm-hmm. and I was like, really, I was really like in this weird place. And I was thinking the drum gods were going to like, you know, strike me down. And, and you know, it was, it was a weird thing where I was like, man, I kind of like, but then I realized that like, okay, I grew up in business. So like, I real I've always been, I've always been, uh, you know, attracted to that side of it. Still music business is, you know, is where I've really been, um, where I've been trying to focus some more effort, but it's still like, it's a departure from, from just drumming. And the interesting thing though, is like, I've always been interested in real estate, like Mm -hmm. literally since I was like, I mean, I had a, I had a, uh, I had a real estate company like when I was 20, uh, I don't know, 25 or something like that. And then, um, so, and I've even thought about that now. I'm like, man, maybe, maybe I could get into real estate. You know, and then I'm like, but that's not mm-hmm. music. And then I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I'm like, you know, <laughs> and even just the thought of it though, it like makes me, I'm like, I get scared about it. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I'll, like you, you think, oh my God, what am I going to do? I don't know. Have more money to play with your music career. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. Um, right. It, you, you know, it's funny. It, it, oftentimes it's, it's confusing when you, you know, when you talk to somebody like Ray Luzier 
and like what an incredible drummer he is and like his facility and all these things. And he tell, tells you like, yeah, I used to spend like six, eight hours a day for years practicing and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because I want that. I want mm-hmm. to be able to play. I want to be able to achieve that level of playing, especially when I was younger. And I'd look at that. And it's like, that's what I should do. Or that's, But I didn't do that. You know, (laughs) I went to a liberal arts college and I learned about history and learned about I did other things. And I I met my wife there and I met some really great friends and I did other things outside of music. Mm -hmm. And I think it's difficult sometimes to accept the fact that, well, I have to I have to say something. I uh, had a chance to have lunch or have uh, dinner with Bob Reithop, who was my teacher in college at Capital University. And he was in Nashville for a thing with Innovative Percussion and invited a bunch of uh, alumni to have dinner. And I hadn't seen him in like 15 years. And um, one of the one of the alumni is Matt Billingsley, who uh, plays drums with Taylor Swift. And Matt and I have known each other for many years. And I overheard him talking to this. 20 year old drummer that was still in school and, and was like sitting next to Matt and thinking, Oh wow, man, Matt's got this incredible gig and he's doing all this stuff. And I just overheard Matt say in passing, he goes, you know, everybody's path is different Mm -hmm. and you can't get obsessed with what can I do to get where this person is to get to where this guy, this girl is at in the music business, I need to follow their path exactly. And I just, I don't, I think that is a futile exercise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it totally is. Um, and the, and I, like the age comparison thing. Totally. Like, totally. oh, this guy was doing this when he was 25 and I'm 25 now and I haven't done that yet. And it's like, man, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, especially when I, like I, I didn't start playing drums until I was 15. So mm-hmm. I was a, I was a latecomer to the game. And so I would see guys that are like 22, 23, and I'm like, man, they're 22, 23, and they're doing this, and I'm and I'm not. But it's like, well, I've only been playing for seven years. They've been, they mm-hmm. may have been playing, they may be playing for 15 years. They're they're twice, mm-hmm. they're they have double the time into right. this game than I do, and it's yeah. like, yeah, like you said, like everyone has a different path. Like every well, my joke, my joke. Yeah, yeah. And people say, man, how long have you been playing drums? And I'm at the point where I say, I long that long enough that I should be a lot better than I am. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because when you're a kid, you're like, yeah, man, I've been playing for three years. Yeah, how long have you been playing? I've been playing for five years. Now I'm just like, damn, I should be at that, you know, that projection when you were, when you were just like, you know, gaining ground year by year. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I should be a freaking beast. Yeah. <laughs> after 25 years of playing, it's like, oh. Yeah, I've been no. meaning to talk to you about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Posting the wrong videos, aren't you? No, I think I think the older you get, like the more time that goes by as a drummer, the more um, the more your practice time and the more your definition of improvement is um, ha- has has less to do with like the acquisition of new skills and more to do with the like the honing of whatever your identity is mm-hmm. uh, at least that's that's what i'm experiencing in, in the last few years um you know i'm uh i've i've pretty much given up on on the speed thing on the uh you know like the linear fills thing like i'm just i'm not that drummer i never was that drummer 
and I'm I'm focusing on uh, shit like feel and mm-hmm. orchestration and tone um, and and all of these things that like when I see a really seasoned drummer, when I see a drummer who's who's just making amazing music, um, that's the stuff that jumps out to me. Yeah, you know. And I've gone. Well, I think it... Go ahead, Matt. Go ahead, Nick. Uh, well, I was just going to say, uh, also as kind of like the way a doctor practices medicine and goes to these forums and figures out what's new. Uh, I think that we do the same thing because the way you tune your drums, the way you record to kind of keep up with what is trending mm-hmm. with the music that's being recorded, uh, it, then because at my, at my age, I feel like I have the experience and the facility to record, but if I walk in with my snare drum tuned the way I used to tune it in 1994, <laughs> it's not going to be as cool as when I know what kind of muffling and kind of things and, you know, this, this, the more of a, a trend towards dark sounding symbols with, with this or that and, and why that is. And the three of us kind of have the advantage of digging in deep with some of these drummers that are doing it, mm-hmm. I hope the listeners too do as well. But that gives that definitely gives me a clue. But but it's it's keeping up keeping up with the Joneses on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and the last thing uh, before I uh, sorry to cut you off, Nick. But no, the, no, you're fine. The, related to what you were saying, uh, Zach was. I've in the last month I've had a little bit of time here and there to work on stuff that hasn't been songs for the next gig or whatever. Right. And um, I had luck, you know. Again, as I often do, had a guest, Matt Johnson, who's one of my heroes, talk about um, the things that he works on. And one of the things he works on is um, just kind of doing things that are uncomfortable in the practice room. Like if you do something with the right hand, do it with the left hand and, you know, pulling out, uh, these not linear things, but trying to do things that you don't normally do in rerouting your brain to think completely different. So I'm playing like left hand on the hi hat and, uh, and getting the new breed book out again. Mm, And, uh, and sight reading that, that stuff. Throw that, book, <laughs> throw that book in the trash can. It should have never been written. But you know, but, oh my God, but that my book ap- is so hard. <laughs> I love it though. I do love that. I was kidding. I, I love that book, but geez. Well, and here's the thing. I, I'm, I missed the point of that book early on. And it, and it took that conversation with Matt to like, where the, where the hell is that book? It's, I know I have it. It took me about three days to find it. Hmm. And then now it's like, I know what's going on here now. I know why, because I used to play, not to not to hang on that book too long, but when I used to work on that book originally, I'm like, this doesn't sound like anything. When am I ever going to use this? Mm-hmm. Matt helped me realize that when I work on that stuff, then when I go play right-hand lead and do the things that I do and the sound that I have created over many years, it's that much stronger. Mm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because yep. yeah. it's... Because I'm working on shit that I can't do in the practice room. I, I tell my families, don't listen to me in there. <laughs> don't listen to me. But 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 when I go and just do what I what I do and what's comfortable, 
man, the time feel just feels that much better. My right foot feels that much better. Mm -hmm. It's like, and then I'm out of my head and I'm listening more and I'm having more fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the kind of practicing that I've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, you Um, know, Zach said, or both of you guys have mentioned about sort of narrowing in, narrowing your focus a little bit and, and saying, okay, let me, let me try to refine myself as a player of, of what I, what I already do sort of well, let me try to try to get really good at that. Or let me, let me sort of break down some of these nuances. Like I went and had a lesson with Scott, Amin, Scott Amendola and mm. he, you know, we sat down and we're just playing and we're chatting and he was like, he's like, you know, you, you play pretty loud. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And I, and I was like, like with no dynamic, he was like, no, no, no. He was like, you have dynamics. And he was like, but they're all like everything you play is loud Hmm. and i was like oh okay you know like i never you know i I guess i never thought about it or never listened you know never really listened to myself that way or whatever and so recently i've just been going in the practice room and i literally just i try to play as quietly as possible Mm -hmm. and and play with like a wide range of dynamics but like but just going in and keeping my whole entire practice routine at like a two mm-hmm. while you're learning new things or like while you're just playing tunes or whatever it is. So like the test for me is I'll just take an iPhone and just set it there. And if it doesn't sound all staticky and distorted and everything, then I'm doing a half decent job. And if I can practice without earplugs, you know, right. then I'm, yeah. then I'm doing a good job and it's hard, man. It's it is. such a hard thing. And like up tempo, slow tempo, all that stuff. And then figuring out okay let me listen to the dynamics inside of everything that i'm playing too so right. you know yeah. where how you know is my kick louder than my snare is the how's yeah. that what's the mix between the hi-hat and the snare and all that kind of stuff and really breaking that stuff down and doing that for a couple of months and it's like just that you know and it's like yeah. I, I didn't necessarily learn anything new or like i didn't like you said oh I you did, did i no i mean you like did. i didn't learn any yeah. like new linear shit or whatever yeah, yeah. you know right. but it's like the my playing has has just gotten more and more refined just by just by that kind of stuff and it's just making yeah. me better at what i'm already good at yeah when it when it comes to like energy and and groove and pocket and all that stuff i i feel like nothing will expose you uh, and expose your weaknesses like playing quiet mm-hmm. because if if you can find if you can find intensity and energy and and you know groove and pocket and all that stuff we love about drums if you can find it at a low volume um then it'll be easy at a high volume mm-hmm. um but like you know so many of how how many of the great drummers that we talk about all the time uh like you know if you watch videos of them a lot of them aren't playing very loud. Like you watch videos of Gadsden playing with Bill Withers or something like it's, you know, he didn't play loud. Ringo right. didn't play loud. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless it's a minor video, then anybody <laughs> plays too. <laughs> Sorry. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> okay. Can I just say, something just for the quick? record, that was, Matt you... Krause, that was Matt Krause. That was Matt Krause. I, I, I don't go on rants at all really oh but Maybe it's gonna happen right now and i'm sitting back i'm, and I'm ready and i'm all ears i 
I've seen it a couple times, but rarely. Why is it? And there's so many great players. I, I love watching those things, but everybody is playing so loud and so fast in those Milo videos. Guys, come on. Your stuff sounds great at all volumes. Let's hear something else. Yeah. Dynamics. I'm playing as loud as I can. I know, I know. Well, when I when I was when I was playing with the group Savannah Jack, and we started doing some quieter shows for some older people and stuff like that. I mean, we went from playing just really loud gigs, and all of a sudden we had to shift and and play. A lot of times the drums weren't even mic'd, and it I, it it kicked Blasphemy. my ass. <laughs> it kicked my ass because. And, and I've talked about this before, where you know, ninety percent of the gigs I do, I've I've got an in-ear monitoring situation, and mm -hmm. and and I don't have to. I forget to, uh, like you said, Nick, um, you know, kind of uh, EQ myself as far as uh, what's the dynamic of the hi hat over the snare drum. Am I overplaying this or that? And then being able to play soft with energy. It took me it took me a couple months to kind of find it, but then when I found it, I was like, I remember this. This is great, and then yeah. you're able to throw in some more subtle things that add to your pocketing groove. Yeah, mm -hmm. and talking about EQing yourself, like that's that's one of those things that I put in the category of like honing your sound, um, and it's something that I've been working on too. Uh, and it's something that I'm sure, Nick, uh, you discovered a whole bunch of shit about yourself when you started practicing quietly. Um, about it's like, like I, I, it, I recorded some of it and put it on Instagram, and it sounds like I've never played the drums before. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's insane. Good advertising, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I get all the gigs. Right, yeah. Check so, out my Instagram. I sound like a rookie. Yeah. So my 12-year-old my comes into my practice room. He goes, Dad, why you have a soundproof room, but all your drums are mic'd? What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, so I, you know, cause I mic the drums, I run it through a mixer and I've got, you know, thing I record in there as well, but I also mix myself with the music or whatever I'm working on. So I'm like, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> now get out. Go to your <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> back to your origami. Yeah. Back to you, you little Is shit. he still into that? Totally, man. Yeah, it's insane, man. It's He's a master. You got to post some of that on Instagram because because Isaac's origami thing is just like mind boggling. Nice. He's, he's mind boggling, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Matt, hey, what, I, what, yeah. what were you going to say? I, I, I had a quite Well, one of the thing I kind of made some notes to try and remind myself what the hell I've been doing this last year. Um, because, <laughs> <laughs> um, again, it's an age thing. No. Right. Um, <laughs> But I wanted to I wanted to share some things. Uh, uh, one of the things I wanted to share was some of the. I mean, we I think we have some things that we all want to say. Like, hey, man, this has been happening. This I've been doing this. I've been doing that. But I I, I kind of want to throw it out on the table of some failures that I've had, mm. some missteps that I've made uh, this last year. Um, and I don't know if you guys are interested in sharing as well. Yeah. Or I haven't have I haven't made a single one, but you go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I don't usually I don't make mistakes. So, but uh, but if you want to lay it out there, go ahead, man. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, go. We'll, we'll walk you through it. Okay, thanks, man. Uh, well, <clears throat> hold on, let me grab this drink here. Um, one of the things I I was talking about uh, when we when we talked last year was like I think I want to get back into teaching, 
you know, it's it's been something I've dabbled in since I was young, and uh, but I've never had a full-on roster of students. And there were a couple of things that kind of fell into my lap where people said, hey, you know, uh, uh, you know, if you're looking for something, there's the School of Rock thing. Um, I had another friend of mine that was teaching at multiple middle schools, and he's like, I'm leaving this school, and I have about 20 students, and I'm just going to tell the, the band director that you're the guy. And I'm like, mm. oh, cool. Um, yeah. And he goes, it's, you know, it's like once a week or twice a week, and I... So two things. So the, the, the school of rock thing, I went in there, you know, we had good conversations. I always want to hear you play. I'm like, cool, man. You know, I've been playing forever. I do all this stuff and you know, all these styles. And I'm like, well, but I didn't really, didn't really prepare. They said, I'll just, just bring some sticks. And I'm like, cool. They're going to want to hear that. I actually know how to play. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't even think about it. So I go in there, we had a great conversation and, uh, and then, then I'm like, well, let's hear you play and I go in there now I know it sounds like I'm making up I'm making excuses but literally this drum set was falling apart <laughs> and I'm going uh, okay and they're like well what do you want I, I never know what to do in these things you know it's like I don't even know what to play when I'm sounding somebody's like play something you I'm know, like I have no idea what to play <laughs> I, I'm I fall in that category and and so and I'm like well here's some here's a here's a rock thing here's a a funk thing here's uh you know here's this latin groove that i know here's this you know here's some you know i used to play big band and swing and here's and i'm like no like, hmm, okay is it cool i said well, what do you i don't know what do you guys want to hear and like we'll, we'll play something that would really impress a young person mm. like oh uh well sometimes i play rock and roll zeppelin and I don't exactly do the same thing that Bonham does at the end. I said, well, here's something I do. It's kind of a triplet thing. And I do this. And then here's this kind of groove pattern. And you're like, cool. Okay. And I'm like, oh, I just fucked that up. Like, that wasn't that wasn't the big double kick whatever rock thing that they were looking for. I instantly felt the room, the vibe in the room change. Hmm. And it's like you're kidding me. I'm like, I can do this. I, I so knows. I know all these songs. I played so many and so many cover bands. I know all these rock songs. I know all these bands. I know the history behind it. I know the stuff I could teach this stuff mm-hmm. and sleep, but it wasn't what they were looking for. Yeah. And it was, it was almost a guarantee. Like, yeah, they need somebody now to, by the time I was getting ready to leave, they said, well, thanks man. You know, we've got a couple other people we're going to listen to. And I'm like, that's bullshit. Mm. And I walk out of there and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I just blew that somehow. Well, I mean, what were they, I don't, you, what did they want to hear? Well, I'm, I don't know, but it, but it, I didn't, I didn't deliver it. Yeah. And, and, and I, I struggled with that for a long time. Now I've done auditions that didn't, that I didn't get the gig and I, kind of bummed, felt a little bummed but you know i moved on i had other things it was fine but it's been a while since i felt that way and it was kind of the beginning of this new stage in my career where i was leaving an established act and i was starting a new thing and i'm like this is part of it this is going to be great i'm going to get into teaching i'm going to do this stuff and then i'll add i'll add on to this real quick is that i had 
the, the teaching thing with this middle school and I met with the band director. I had a private lesson with my friend Scott Corey who teaches percussion at a university here and we you know kind of a refresher on mallets, four mallets, timpani, uh, all the stuff that I studied for four years. I did all this stuff. I played four mallets. I did all this stuff. But it's been a, a solid decade since I've done that stuff. So we're like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Okay, cool. And he goes, well, here's what you're going to be expected to teach at the middle school level. Awesome. Went through my books, went through all my stuff. Great. Talked to the band director. Good. Then he called me. We had the schedule all lined up. He called me. He goes, I've got a grad student from MTSU that's bringing in a ton of his students to help student teach my whole roster, and he's available four days a week. Mm. I'm going to go with him. And I'm Mm. like. I don't blame you because I had <laughs> other gigs. I had other playing gigs that might have conflicted that we were discussing. And I said, look, I've got this other gig. I will make this teaching a priority. I said, but I am only available maybe one and a half days because I've got this other gig that's going to be taking me out five days a week in town. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, okay. I think we can make that work. But he was definitely making some compromises for me. So to wrap this up, when he told me, he goes, this student, this guy is available. He's a grad student. He's studying percussion and all this stuff, and he's going to bring all these students. I said, that makes sense. I don't blame you. Cool. So my foyer into teaching was just squashed twice. (laughs) Well, like going going back to the School of Rock gig, like you can, you know, you can beat yourself up for, for feeling like you didn't deliver what they were looking for. Um, but on, on the flip side, I, I think it, it might've just like in that moment when they were like, show us something that like will really impress a kid. I think in that moment it exposed itself as, as, uh, the wrong gig for you. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, you know, if, if, if that's how they're going to market it, if they're going to, if they're going to be telling their students and their students' parents, like, yeah, our drum teachers are, are just going to blow your mind and, and you know, you're going to be studying all this flashy shit all the time. Um, uh, that's fine, but you don't strike yeah. me as that guy. You don't strike me as that yeah. kind of teacher. Um, and, you know, some sometimes uh, <laughs> sometimes what you perceive as, as your shortcoming or your failure, um, you know, it's it's a good lesson for the next time you're in a situation and if you're able to perceive what people are looking for and you're able to deliver it and it's a, you know, it's a gig you want. Great. But, but you know, they might've, <laughs> they might've done you a big favor in not hiring you. Well, um, things have worked be- out. Okay. I've got, yeah, you know, and yeah. I think back now and I think, man, if I had that now, it would be stretched way too thin. And is it what I want to do? But uh, again, it was a sobering experience still. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it made me kind of not think, what do I need to do to get that gig? But it's like, do I have everything that I need to, do I need, do I need to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm keeping up with what's going on? And I, I agree with you a hundred percent, Zach, with what you're saying. And I think that it, maybe it wasn't, it's, it wasn't a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, it, it, it does, it does remind me that you kind of constantly have to reevaluate and make sure that you've, you've got the right skills. If 
you want to be a marketable player that does many different things. Kind of my approach and 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 what I want to do in the music business uh, as as a player. If I want to be less selective about the kind of music, you know, like how my path is, how the decisions that I'm making is a little bit different than Nick's. Yeah, yours. You know, and and trying to kind of like what what are all the things that I need to be able to pull out of the toolkit at mm-hmm. any one time for mm-hmm. anybody. And yeah, there are times that you're going to be like, Hey, I'm not your guy. But right. I mean, I've heard guys like Eddie bear say, Hey, or even Erskine Remember, I mean, he was at a clinic and he was like, he was at a session. And he's like, Hey, listen guys, um, you should call Picaro. Cause I'm not your guy. I mean, right. there's something like that. <laughs> it's like that happens. So yeah, anyways, yeah. So that was, that was that. Yeah. It's, it's a tough thing to like when, you know, especially when you're under financial pressure, uh, you know, you got to wrangle some gigs, you got to wrangle some teaching. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we should all keep in mind, like, yes, we want to have as many marketable skills as possible. Yes. We want to be in the running for as many gigs as possible, whether it's playing or teaching. Um, but beyond that, um, and I think especially as we get older, because like when you're in your 20s, you'll just you'll just say, you know, jump on board with anything and tolerate it for a little while. Um, but beyond that, you know, we we got to be thinking about what we value, what we want, mm-hmm. what we you know, what we're willing to tolerate um, and what, you know, ways ways to set ourselves up to succeed um, in in things that we choose to say yes to. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and I think like, you know, it kind of goes back to the idea of what we were talking about before about you know what you really want out of it. And it's like, what do you, what do you want? You know, and I think a lot of times we want something, we think we want something so bad, and then we end up either either getting it and we're like, oh, this this isn't really all I thought it was going to be cracked up to be, or you don't get mm-hmm. it and you're sort of like heartbroken about it for a minute, like the school of rock thing, you know, and. But mm-hmm. I would imagine looking back, you're probably like, you know what? I'm probably glad I didn't get the gig. Yeah. You know? And, and and I posted, we have like a neighborhood app and, you know, this messaging board. And and so last year when I first came off the road, I kind of post a little thing because people post things. Hey, I'm a handyman. I do this. And it's like, hey, I if anybody's interested in, in taking drum lessons, you know, I've seen some of those things, especially in Nashville, you know, Hey, guess what? Your neighbor teaches guitar. <laughs> so uh, I did that last year. Well, two weeks ago, I actually got a call from a guy. He's a 58 year old guy that, that wants to start playing drums. Mm-hmm. And I had, nice. we had our first lesson on Monday and it was awesome. I'm, I was, it was like hanging. I didn't have to deal with a snotty kid. Right. And, you know, and it's like we were just it was it was great. And uh I didn't have to bug his parents for a check. He had <laughs> yeah. his own checks. <laughs> I'm like, this might be cool. And it, it might give me an idea of 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 teaching and, and the, the joy of, of that mm-hmm. that type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, yeah. I had a similar experience with uh um a place that uh I I taught a few lessons for a little bit it was far away it was in roswell georgia which is like 45 minutes outside of town um and i you know somebody recommended me for this teaching gig it was like a you know a private studio where they did you know piano guitar drums yeah um and uh 
so I met with the the lady who owned it and she was cool and she had tons and tons of students of her own. And, uh, you know, it was, it was 45 minutes away. It was kind of a pain in the ass, but the pay was pretty good. Um, and I, so I signed up for it. I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then over the next kind of weeks and I guess it was about a six week period, like, you know, she did not deliver on, uh, promises she had made about like filling up my schedule and recruiting students. And, Mm. um, and I, you know, I just kind of gradually got hip to the vibe and the philosophy of the place, which was, you know, not, not, a not a bad one per se, but just didn't line up with the kind of teaching that I wanted to do. Um, and so I was talking with my wife, um, and I was, you know, I was driving 45 minutes to teach like one or two students, um, mm. you know, in hopes that in the coming weeks it would, it would get going and I would have a full afternoon there. Right. Um, but, and then, you know, this was a time when money was tight and, um, and to her credit, my wife, Christina was like, fuck that place. If like, <laughs> if it's not, you know, if it's, if it's more trouble than it's worth, if you don't like the philosophy, if, if, you know, having to be there one or two days a week is going to make you hate those one or two days a week, fuck them. You'll find something else. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I absolutely did. Like I, uh. I got uh, hooked up with a, a school of rock type place, you know, mm-hmm. nearby. It's like eight minutes from my house. Yeah. Um, and just the, the philosophy and the vibe of the whole place is is right along with the kind of teaching I want to do. The students are cool. The parents are cool. It doesn't pay as much as the one that was far away. It doesn't pay as much as I would make if I was on my own doing my own home studio. But um, it kind of goes back to, to like what you're willing to tolerate and what you're willing to trade for it. Like I don't get paid as much, but the place is cool. It's close by. I like the people. They handle the say, money. You're not driving as much. Sk- Either. Right, right. Yeah. They handle the money. They handle the scheduling. And, you know, where I'm at in my life now, I recognize like, OK, I'm willing to take a pay cut to trade all of this giant list of pain in the asses. Um, so. Uh, so, yeah, that's. Um, so are you still kind- teaching there now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going there later today, actually. Nice. Uh, Can you yeah. do some flashy stuff, man? Yeah. <laughs> You know, it seems to be like there's a common theme, and I don't know if it's just kind of our perception of the music business as being like a really tough business. And so you've got to do anything. you got to scrape and claw your way just to be able to earn a dollar. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you make all these sacrifices and you beat yourself up. And and I think I, I, I think it's easy to then create a work environment that is just not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that I think I used to I I used to think like I, I used I struggled with all that before where like I would beat myself up over all these things and 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 now I'm I'm sort of the same way Zach is where I'm like, you know what? I if I don't feel like dealing with it and it's not it's not worth it to me, I'm just not gonna mm-hmm. do it. So like right. whether for me I'm like whether I make all of my money doing something in the music business or I like, I'd rather not make all of my money in the music business and enjoy my life than have all of these things that are pain in the ass. And I don't feel like doing this, blah, blah, blah. but I'm like, Hey, at least I'm still in the music business making. And it's like, yeah, but you hate right. it. So what the hell is the difference? <laughs> right. Cause we've you know? seen, we've met those people before. Yeah, right. yeah. exactly. And that's exactly. Not good. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, I think that, you know, 
I don't know, man. It just comes down to happiness. So yeah. forgetting. And I think a lot of it is we are worried about what other people think about us. Mm-hmm. I really do. Sure. Like, I think that people are where are scared that like, you know, maybe someone like how would you would you take Zach less serious if he was also a real estate agent? You know what I mean? And it's like, no, if he can play his ass off, he can play his ass off. I don't care what he does, you know, but well, I the think people that. Yeah, the people that are concerned with that, that their opinion doesn't matter. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and like, their opinion has no bearing on your happiness whatsoever. Zero. Right. 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 Zero. You know, yeah. and like I and I've said this before, and I think we even talked about it. You know, the last conversation that we had, but like one of the greatest guitar players that I know is Johnny D. Francesco. Like, I'll put him up against anyone. Like the dude, like taught John Mayer. You know what I mean? Like he's the real mm-hmm. deal. And we'll play circles around anyone. And guess what? He works for Boeing. Right. You know what I mean? And he plays at a really high level on the weekends. And, you know, they'll go on the road every once in a while or he'll go to Europe or something like that. But like, he's got like a, he's got a full-time gig and he's same. He's like, because I like, he's like, I like cars and I like, you know, redoing cars and I, that costs money to do that. And I like going on vacation with my wife and I like doing all these things and I'm not willing to sacrifice uh, everything else to do that. Yeah. And one of the, one of the baddest bassists in uh, Atlanta is a guy named Aaron Trubick. Um, and he owns uh, like an advertising company or some kind of advertising consulting firm that's based in New York. Um, so he's back and forth between New York and Atlanta all the time. And, and he's playing out all the time. Um, and he doesn't like when, when you listen to him, when you hang with him, he doesn't, he doesn't sound like a weekend warrior. He doesn't feel like a weekend warrior. I mean, he feels like one of the cats, you know, mm-hmm. and the, the fact that he has this other job and this kind of separate life from music, um, no, like nobody gives a shit. He doesn't give a shit. Nobody else and gives he, a yeah, shit. Like, so why he does plays it matter? his ass off. He's a good hang. Um, it doesn't matter. Right. And I'm not I'm not trying to advocate that everyone goes out and gets a side hustle or gets a job a day gig or anything. I'm not saying that, but it's like if you want to if you want to play 250 dates a year and you want to hustle and you want to go out and get those gigs, then I think you should. And if you mm-hmm. don't want to do that but you still want to play at a high level but you like, you know, you want to have a day gig too, then I think that you should do that too. And I used to think it was one or the other. Yep. I used yep. to think you couldn't yeah. do both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's bullshit. Uh. Yeah, I think that's. More, I think that's an excuse. Honestly, I think it's. Yeah, I think it's an excuse. I think it's selfish, and I think it's lazy. Right. To mm-hmm. like. Yeah. To like just be sitting around the house all day, mm-hmm. and be like, well, right, right. you know, I'm a musician, so like, I, I, I gotta, I play tonight. I'm like, you're playing for four hours tonight. <laughs> so like, what are you right. doing with the rest and of your this, fucking day? Right. This yeah. touches on something that that I wanted to talk about that I this or, kind or, of comes into to, perspective. Just to clarify real quick, Zach, sorry to cut you yeah. off, but no, I'm no, no. saying I'm saying this if you're if you're struggling or if you don't have enough money to make ends meet or if you're complaining right. about this or complaining about that, but you won't go get a day gig that I think, right. especially if you have like a wife or kids and like, I think yeah, you're just being selfish and I think you're being lazy. Yeah. So I'm yeah, we talk all the time. But talk ahead. all the time about being like you know knowing all the styles and being able to play any gig, so you can say yes to anything. But you know, like Matt said, life happens, and and you know you gotta some you know you, sometimes you gotta be able to wrangle another type of work for yourself. 
um, and and say yes to some other type of gig just so life can keep going. Either like either yeah. you're making ends meet or you're you're using it to to get ahead to enjoy spending some money on a vacation or whatever. Right. Um, you don't you know you you don't have to be a a, a music martyr. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and people wear it like a badge of honor, man. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did for a while too. And you know, my my living is still pretty much 100% music. I mean, I'm writing I'm writing bios for people now, which has been my side hustle for a couple years, and I make a little money on that. But um, you know, there have been we we talked on the last time we uh, we did the roundtable about how we've all had many <laughs> jobs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did yeah. not involve drums. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like but, it though. I mean, maybe some people maybe don't like it and they're like, all I want to do is play drums. But like, I like doing that. I like doing other things. Well, it depends so. on the job. Like I, I certainly right. like writing and, uh, you know, I've had some cooking jobs that I liked. Um, I did not like the landscaping job I had 10 years ago in Kansas city, right. <laughs> but I had to do it and I did it. Um, yeah. but the, the, the thing I wanted to, to mention was like, you talk about, you know, I'm, I'm playing tonight. I don't have to do shit today. Um, uh, my, you know, I hate, I hate the, the whole new year's resolution thing, but I, I kind of made one this year, which was, you know, I looked, I looked back on my, my last year and kind of the last few years of my life. And I realized that I had been allowing myself too much downtime mm-hmm. in the average week. I, you know, I would look at the average week and just kind of add up all the time that I spent doing not much of anything. Um, and it was too much. It was, it was just too much. And I, you know, I value downtime. I think I, people who are just going all out all the time are fucking insane and Mm -hmm. you need to sit down and eat a meal and watch a movie and have a drink and all that shit. Um, you but don't need to do it at my- two o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday. Though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, well. exactly. exactly. Now you tell me. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I you know in in the last uh, month I've uh, I've been making an effort to uh, just get up earlier, not turn on the TV first thing in the morning, uh, just fill fill more hours being productive, um, and or at least effective, like you know exercise practice, um, just do, you know, do something that may, and also, you know, January came around and, and, uh, it's a, it's a gig desert for most of us, as we know. Mm. Uh, and, uh, I got on, I got on social media in January and like shook the trees for writing work. Uh, yeah. and luckily uh, a bunch of people contacted me. I've, I've, I've had like, I don't know, eight writing clients in the last month. Um, so that was a way to fill some hours. It's awesome. Um, yeah, but I, I just, I'm, I'm trying to, um, create a new normal for myself as far right. as how much downtime I allow myself and, and, you know, what I can point to having accomplished at the end of every day. And it might not all end up, you know, it might not all result in, uh, in money in the bank. But, um, I, I think I, I, I'm, I, I need to feel better about every day. Like when I go to sleep right. every night, I need to have a longer list of, of shit that I did for myself or for my wife or just for our life together that day. Yeah. And um, I think it's, I think it's a matter of not necessarily, and correct me if I'm wrong, but for me, like, I don't care about a li- like a list of 15 things and I'm like, Ooh, I just checked this thing off my list. What do they say? Mm-hmm. The, there's uh nothing w- what's worse than 
than taking a long time to do something is to do something well that doesn't need to be done at all. <laughs> you know, so like wasting yeah. all this time on stuff that doesn't need to be be done. So for me, I'm like, okay, I there's five main things that I need to get done every single day. Or like, you know, I'll make a list of five things that are actually going to move the needle. And it mm-hmm. may not be like that day I got a gig or a check or landed an advertising client or a consulting client or something like that. But like, all right, part of it is like, all right, I want to, I need to send 10 emails a day for, for interviews for the podcast. Right. That keeps Mm -hmm. the ball moving forward. And so it's like all these things that like at the end of the day, I I can at least be like, Hey, I won the day, you know, like I didn't make this huge, like from the thing that I've always struggled with, and that it's like a constant struggle for me is just consistency. Like yep. consistency yeah, totally. is so hard, man. It is like, mm-hmm. and is the key to anything, whether it be yeah. practicing, losing weight, like making money. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just like that shit is so yeah. hard. Yeah. And it's, imp- it's almost impossible to create with our fucking schedule. At least my schedule, it's like no two weeks are the same. Right. Um, so right, if you right. try to create consistency or a routine for yourself, uh, it's, it's bound to get fucked up within, yeah. you know, 10 days. Um, so like, I'll I, challenge I think, anyone for like, if they like to practice five minutes a day for a year, <laughs> shit's hard. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah for real. It sounds so easy. It is so much harder. It's way easier to do five hours once a week than it is to do five minutes every day for a year. Yep. Yep. So what, what we, what we can't achieve in consistency, we have to achieve in like taking advantage of the moment. So that's, that's my problem is like, if I have some time free, uh, you know, the amount of time I have free every week and, and the days that I have it on are going to be different every week. So my challenge is to be able to just like flip the switch and say, okay, what am I going to do with the next hour? Um, right. it's, instead of like, oh, it's Tuesday at two o'clock. That means I do X. Sure. Um, yeah. You know. I think I, I used to try to do that, but it's just like, it doesn't work. The one that I, like I have a, <laughs> I have a set routine in the morning. Like I'll get up, like I get up at, you know, five 30, go to the gym. And then just because God, I know five 30. Oh, I, I making just, us look bad. What's that? Oh, making well, us look bad. Five. God, what are you rocking? Hey, don't put, don't really? put me in that. Don't put me in that category. <laughs> I drink, I drink, uh, between between us. I drink two raw eggs in the morning and yeah, uh, man, you're an Italian off, from Philly. That's what you all do, <laughs> yeah. right? Put on my gray sweatshirt and you know, go <laughs> yeah, out of the house. Well, hey, to counter what you're saying, uh, Zach, I had the opposite problem. Right. We were talking about on, this the other day. I was on the road so much that I would come home and I would be home for like 36 hours. Mm. And so not only to like get my shit together, do laundry, um, you know, get caught up with bills and everything like that. You know, my wife Liz is like, hey, are we going to be able to do this? And like, okay, yeah, we've got a little bit of time. Let's, you know, uh, uh, hey, while you're here, can you do the carpool? Can you do it? I'm like, oh, no, I got to learn the song. I got to do this. I got to, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and some of the gigs that we were doing and traveling, I didn't have internet access. And so I was trying to catch up with that and podcast things and, and all those things. And so it was a constant scramble. Every minute that I was home was was consumed. So then I come off the road. I have a normal week, but even as it got stacked with things, I was living every day as if I had that limited amount of time. 
And mm. so from the so the minute I woke up to when I went to bed, it was just constant. And my mind was every, everywhere. And, and it put a strain on my relationship mm. um, with, with my wife more so, but even with my kids. And so I had to learn to kind of say, here's what I want to get done today. And at, you know, when are we having dinner? When are we going to meet? Whatever. To, to right. Do this. Great. I'm going to be done and I'm going to make sure I kick my ass to get done by this. So then when we sit down to have dinner and take the time to sit down to have dinner afterwards, my work day is done because when mm-hmm. you're self and I tell my kids this all the time, when you're self-employed, there's more pressure than if you were working for somebody that's telling you what to do. You have mm. to organize. You have to be responsible, but you have to know when to check out. Right. You no. Know? So that was one of the that was one of the biggest challenges that I think it took me months to figure out. And uh, and I'll tell you, when it comes time to doing work, I'm more productive because. And then the last thing I'll say is my my oldest son was working, going to school. He started wrestling. He did all this stuff. He has a girlfriend. Life. Look is, out. Yeah. Life yeah. is insane. <laughs> he came back with his grade card was straight A's. And I was like, hmm. it was the best grade card he's ever had. I said, what is the secret? And he goes, <laughs> I think cause I'm so busy. I have to plan everything and I get, I'm getting stuff done because I know that I'm busy and he still carves out time to be able to hang with his friends and play video games and do whatever he wants to do outside of that. Right. And I'm like, you're learning so far ahead of so many people. Yeah, do that, and the value of staying people busy. People get things done. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. You know, I realized maybe about six months ago. I was talking to my wife about it, and I was like, if I structured everything properly with Drummer's Resource, I could legit have another full time job. Mm. (laughs) Like seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like I could get, I could, I could stack a lot of the stuff. I could do a lot of the work, like a lot of the recording and all that stuff on, on nights and weekends. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I could legitimately have another like full time gig doing something else, which is scary. <laughs> you're like, man, maybe I waste a lot of time. <laughs> and she's saying, and she's saying, wait, you have time? Yeah. She's like, well, then you should do that. You're right. You know? Right. It's just, it's just crazy. Like, I don't know. I, I think that, I think that we all have so much more time than we think, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. with, and, and, and without having to like work 16 hours a day every day for the rest of your life, you know? But I think that we can get a lot more done in a day if it's just like, if you, if you just kind of go through the day and be mindful of the stuff that you're doing. So you're not all like, you know, spazzed out and you're like, Oh, I gotta do I gotta this is all this stuff to do. Or if you're just like, right. I'm just gonna I'm gonna do this thing and I'm gonna do this, I'll work on this, then you know, just like I think if we can learn how to like calmly move throughout the day and just get things just get the things done that matter, um, we could you know, we could get a lot done every day. Yeah, and it, just, it really it really doesn't hurt to uh have a, a, a partner who will smack you upside the head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. just put shit in perspective real fast. A few weeks ago, I was, uh, like it was, it was in the morning. I think it was in the late morning, like around 10 and, uh, it was on a, uh, it was on a Tuesday. So I had to teach at three 30 
And um, I was just kind of staring off into space for a second. And, and Christina was like, what are you what are you thinking about? What are you trying to figure out? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I have time to work out and practice a little bit and go shopping before I teach. And she paused for a second and she was like, um, that's in five and a half hours. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can probably fit all those in. I can, <laughs> I can probably yeah, get I, going on that. Uh... Nah, you know what? I better skip the gym just in case. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. It kind of reminds me of that that Instagram meme where the girl's sitting in bed and the guy's sitting on the edge of the bed and he has like his hand, his head in his hand, and she's like, "He doesn't love me. I knew it." Blah 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 blah. He's like going through all this stuff, and then it shows what he's thinking, and he's like. I'm never going to get that 12-inch rack tom to fit over the kick drum. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's great. There's something about like when you when you when you live with someone creative or, or a writer or somebody like that, when they're staring off to, into space, it's something like they're actually working. Mhm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they're thinking yeah. of something. Yeah. One of the things uh I've so I've got this I kind of do have a day job, but it's playing. Um, I do this regular gig downtown Nashville and it's, it's five, six days a week as often as I can do it, uh, but I can sub it out if I need to. But that's been really helpful because it's like in the, starts around 11 in the morning and I'm done by two in the afternoon. And then I was coming home and trying to fit in my regular exercise routine and that was getting complicated. So I had to like move it. And the, for, for the first time in my life, I find myself like getting up at 7.30 in the morning to do that thing. I never thought that would be a thing, but that, man, I, f- it, I feel great. Like, it's like I'm, I'm getting a, a jump start on the day. It's really focusing uh, how I spend, what I, uh, you know, how much I drink, how much, you know, how much I, mm-hmm. what I eat yeah, yeah. Uh, when, when I go to bed, what I, how I spend time with my family and it, and just that little thing. And it, and it makes me wonder, it's like, how, why did I resist that for so long? What, what was the thing about that? Was it kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm a rock and roller, man. It's the rock and roll lifestyle. You, you <laughs> sleep all day and you, you know, hang out, you drink. You, and it's like, it's, you know, if you want to do this, it's not all about that. And, you know, we talk about people like that live and breathe and eat, consume and shit music. Um, and it, there's this big attitude that goes along with it. And I, I think that it, as you if you want to make a career out of it, you you have to think you can adopt a little bit of that persona and all that stuff. And that's all fun and cool to, to play musician but you you still have to be mature about it. You have still have to make decisions that keep you healthy and focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of bad shit out there that will mess you up. Yeah, and I think the like the more decisions you make that you know that are intentionally geared towards keeping yourself healthy and happy, mm-hmm. the more sustainable your music career is going to be. One hundred percent. Yes. And I don't. Which, and, I don't think that you have to like, I don't think that you have to get up at five 30 in the morning or whatever to like, I don't think there's a certain time that, mm-hmm. that, uh, that people have to get up or anything like that. What I do think though, is that, yeah, if you're out playing till two, three o'clock in the morning, then you should get some sleep and you should get Definitely. up at 10 or right. 11. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, like yes. yeah, 
it's like it's no different than if you work at a factory and you get done at you know seven o'clock in the morning it's like you yeah. go home and go to bed so right. so you know i know for me i was when i was living in pennsylvania like you know most of the times i get home at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning four thirty. Yeah. yeah and i was working at my family's restaurant and i was bartending so Oof. I would get done at three thirty in the morning, four o'clock. You know what I mean? So like I was mm -hmm. always, I was never in bed before two thirty, three o'clock right. ever. Right. So, right. so my entire, so my entire schedule shifted. But then when I was like, you know, I haven't bar, I didn't, I haven't bartended in, uh, I don't know, seven years or eight years or something like that. And, uh, and then, like, now that I'm, if I'm not playing as much, I don't see the point of me staying up till 2.30 in the morning and sleeping the whole day away. So, yeah, right. you know, yeah. so I'm like, if I'm not gigging, then I wouldn't, I'll go to bed at 10, 10.30 and get up at 5.30, mm -hmm. 6 o'clock just because I'm like, I can get up, you know, I can go to the gym, I can get all this stuff done. Plus, I, f I have this weird thing because I live on the West Coast now. I still feel like I live on the East Coast. In terms of in terms of time, so like when I get up at eight, I'm like, man, it's eleven on the East Coast. I'm so far behind. It's like, <laughs> I swear to God, I still feel that way. Really, and it's such a weird thing because I'm like, you know, well, I don't live on the East Coast. I live on the West Coast now, but I still. Mm -hmm. So if it's if it's seven o'clock in the morning, I still it still feels like ten to me. Wow! But don't you feel like you have to correspond sometimes with people all over all over the country? So that, I always do. I always do. Yeah. Yeah. So it, you know, it's going to be later for them on the East Coast, and you're going to need to make that call or or do whatever. Exactly. And you'll even you'll see like you know guys in guys in Europe or I'm sorry guys in New York who are stock traders. You know they get up at three thirty in the morning because that's what time the markets open in Europe. So, right. you know, I kind of feel that way where I'm like, the market is open in New York at, you know, 9 a.m. <laughs> so I got I got to be up for it, which is such a right. Right. It's a weird thing. I don't know if I'll if I'll ever uh, if I'll ever get out of that. Um, I will say just to just to sort of to finish all this and put a bow on it. I've seen both sides of it. I've seen, you know, going to bed at four or five, six o'clock in the morning and sleeping till 10, 11, 12 o'clock in the in the afternoon. And I've seen going to bed at 10, 30, 11 o'clock, getting up at five thirty, six o'clock. And I would much, I'd much rather the go to bed early, get up early. And I've never been like, uh, I've never been an early to bed, early to rise kind of guy ever. Neither have I, neither have yeah, I. Yeah. But like hated it. Like my whole family would make fun. They're like, oh, you know, Nick's going to be up till five o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, right. But no, like, like both of you guys were saying, you know, I'm, I'm not getting up at five thirty in the morning unless there's a flight to catch or something. But, sure. uh, you know, I'm, I'm making an effort to, to just get up early and, and have, have my day, uh, well, <laughs> well on its way by, by mid morning. Um, just, you know, and, you know, having eating, eating lunch and having already accomplished two or three things that day is a great feeling. <laughs> it is a great feeling. Uh, in, instead of, instead of, uh, you know, eating breakfast at noon and being like, well, I guess if I'm going to do, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to do anything today. <laughs> you know, there was a, there was a cool article, uh, the drummer from Weezer was talking about being on the road and kind of getting into the slippery slope of staying up late. Uh, doing something like you know you're you're drinking a little bit and then you 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 wake up the next morning late you're tired you start with the caffeine then you're kind of wired you want to come back down you start drinking you do whatever <laughs> and you get into this vicious cycle and I think that that's one of the things that adjusted for me adjusting my schedule to find that time not only is it it falls in line with with my family's schedule but it also 
helps me avoid that pitfall, which I've definitely been, which I have fallen into in the past. And it's, it's an easy thing to do. You're using essentially uppers and downers to get through the life. Yeah. And yeah. that just wreaks havoc. And, and the, and the kind of the, the last thing I'll, I'll say about this is that, um, that's one of the things about being back in town in Nashville now is that in the time that I was out on the road, there's just, there's been a whole new generation of musicians that have moved because Nashville has been huge in the last five years. It's grown and there's people all over the country, including New York and LA that have moved to Nashville, including mm -hmm. a ton of young, wonderful drummers and musicians. And so they don't know who I am. I'm back in town. I'm picking up gigs from, from other people that I've known for years. So I'm, I'm back into working full time, which is great. But, you know, last time I was on the scene, my hair wasn't so gray, <laughs> you know, so, you know, there is there is a certain element of ageism that is inherent in our business, in mm -hmm. our industry, especially when you're working live. Uh, and so for me to be as healthy as possible and not even give that person a chance to think about how really how old I actually am. Right. Because I've got the energy and the focus to, to get the job done. Hey, man, I'm going to I'm going to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's something else I've been thinking about, like about ageism in, in the music industry. And um, there, there are a couple of guys I can I can point to and women um, who I've played with uh, over the years who are older, uh, like they're older than they should be for the gig they're on, you know, when you okay. think about, when you think about casting and, and all that kind of thing. Um, and it's not about, it's not about how old they look because, you know, they all look their age. They're not dying their hair. They're whatever. It's about how old they seem. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, they're all, they're, they're healthy, they're energetic, they're clear eyed and they bring like, you know, a youthful energy and enthusiasm to, to every gig. Um, and, you know, some sometimes casting is, is just it is what it is. And you're not going to get the gig if you have gray hair. But I think I think, you know, staying in touch with with youthful energy um, in in music will really go a long way. And, you know, there are people who are my age who they don't you know, they don't look old. They just feel old. <laughs> mm, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's the opposite effect, too. I know um, plenty of people who are old 50 year olds and i know plenty of people who are young you know 70 year olds right yeah, yeah. you know totally it's like just how you how you're presenting yourself and and what type of like you said what type of energy you're going to have coming to the coming to the gig an interesting thing that you did point out for people listening is that it is the entertainment business so yes uh -huh. you may not get the gig if you look old you may not get the gig yeah. if you have gray hair you may not yeah. get the gig, you know, if you're yeah. if you're a little overweight and they want someone who mm -hmm. looks like he's young and fit or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah. yeah, it it may not play into it if you're trying to get a jazz trio gig, but it'll definitely play into it if you're trying to get the Katy Perry gig. Yep. Yeah, and and man, and it's like we've seen people, we've seen drummers with with pop gigs that that are definitely a little bit older and 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 whatever. But I mean. I think there's so many things to do. And, and like you said, Zach, about like dyeing your hair, there's, there's a point in which you're making yourself look older, you know, like I'm not going to go in with like short skinny jeans with something. Right. It's like, I'm sorry, that's just not cool. But I'm also not going <laughs> to go pull my pants up over my waist either. Yeah. and go, yeah. you know, so, you know, it's like, I'm going to be true to myself 
but I, you know, I kind of wonder what you guys' thought is on kind of like not sticking to your generation or sticking to, but, you know, kind of finding your, your peer group that could be not necessarily within your age group, but maybe the kind of thing, um, that fits you. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think there's situations where I've been, where it's just like, man, I don't know if I'm on the same page with these people because they're 20 years older than me or they're 20 years younger than me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think whatever, I, I mean, for me personally, like I've, I've always just tried to be as authentic as possible. So I've played right. with guys who were, you know, who were 20 years older than me. And I mean, I don't know if I've played with anybody who's like significantly younger than me. Uh, mm-hmm. But, but just, you know, I'm not going to go join. I probably wouldn't join like a cake pop band, you know, like <laughs> I just, just because I like, I just, I I don't relate to it. Like, you know, would I be in one direction? Like, Mm-hmm. I don't know, probably not because it's inauthentic to me, not because right. there's anything wrong with that kind of music, you know, like I also wouldn't go join like a thrash metal band. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. inauthentic to me. So like, again, not that there's anything wrong with that either. It's just not it's it's the same reason I didn't join that that pop band like the the cover band or not join right. it. I shouldn't say I didn't get offered to join it, but to, to sub for it. But I was just like, it's just not, it's not me. It's never been me. Like I'm, you know, I'm 36 now. Like I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to start. So old. Doing it now. Fucking old, man. (laughs) I'll be 37 in April. Um, When's your birthday? uh, April 11th. April, okay. Mine's 25th. Hey, so this is kind of related. This is kind of a funny story. So I played Saturday night and it was a, it was a new, new club for me. And it's it's a new setup. They didn't have a whole lot. It was, and um, there was a opening act, and the drummer was probably twenty. And uh, so I was like, "Hey, man, make yourself comfortable with anything." It was a house kit, but my snare, my cymbals, and stuff. I said, "If you want to use my cymbals, go ahead. You know, whatever you need to." And uh, so we were we were chatting a bit, and uh, he's like, "Oh yeah, I've never played these Istanbuls before." And I said, "Yeah, I've got I've got a couple minels." He goes. I play minor. It's 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 kind of the symbol that guys my age use. And I was like, you little shit. <laughs> really? <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? And I was like, what does that mean? I said, I yeah. I said, I actually have it, and I did. I said, I've got a couple minors in my car, actually, um, too. But that's that's cool. Um, and I'm like. Well, you Go better ahead. kick ass. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he I think like the the age difference thing, um, I think as as a generalization, people who are older than you um, can be closed minded, set in their ways, whatever. People who are younger than you can be uh, uh, full of shit. um and just you know no no experience and talk out their ass and whatever um and i think that's you know when when you run into generational problems i think it's it's one of those two things but there um you know i've played with so many musicians who are older than me uh who are who are not close-minded who are not set in their ways who still have that youthful energy and that enthusiasm i've played with 
musicians who were younger than me, who were wise beyond their years, talented yes. beyond their years. Yes. Um, so, you know, I think you, you got to watch out for it and you don't want to hitch your wagon to a group of people that you know you're not going to relate to for for whatever reason but but right. i don't think the fact that you know the fact that someone uh is is significantly older or younger than you um in my experience you know certainly doesn't disqualify them from from having something in common with them and being able to learn from them and enjoy playing with them and all the rest sure i mean we all know like the crotchety old musician who's like ah oh, these fucking kids and blah 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 right, and no right. one's and no one's playing swing anymore and everything sucks <laughs> and, and like you get those guys right or you get someone you know like like uh like i mean like peter erskine or or any yeah. of these like you know, guys who have been around for a long time or like Don Famolaro, you know, who are just like mm -hmm. embracing all of it. They're like, man, this is awesome. There's technology. There's all these all these young, great players that are pushing the envelope and they're doing all this cool stuff and they're experimenting with with electronics yeah. and they're experiment and like they're like, this is awesome. This is amazing. And those are the guys who continue to work. And then you got the other guys who are sitting around bitching and complaining and and are all crotchety about things aren't the way they used to be. And it's like, well, guess what? When right. you were coming up, things weren't like they were, you know, 40 years prior either. So you yeah. were one of those yeah. young kids. Remember that you were one of these right. guys who was like, you know, who was playing a different style of jazz. Like when people started playing bebop, people were like, what is this? Mm -hmm. Like, you like what, what is this bebop stuff? And like, mm -hmm. it was, it was pushing the envelope and all the younger and all the older guys were like, this is bullshit. All these young kids are playing this bebop stuff, you know? And, yeah. So I think it's just a matter I think it's just a matter of perspective and being open minded to like look look if it's shit it's shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're right. Like You're right. and but and like if, if someone's an asshole they're an asshole no matter exactly. how old they are. Like, and yeah. whether something's <laughs> yeah. good or bad like art is subjective so it's really hard to like quantify that and say whether it's good or bad but like by and large you know you look at somebody like like who's someone who's like really experimental, 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 like uh, like Zach Danziger, right? Or you mm -hmm. like with with Edit Bunker, or you have you know someone like Nate Smith, or you have someone like Nate Wood who's like playing bass and and singing and all this stuff. Like those dudes are pushing the envelope, and it's like some mm -hmm. of the stuff that they do is a little out, right? But it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So like, okay, that versus like, the, you know, all the gimmicky stuff that's on instagram and all that stuff it's like it's crap right you know right. not all of it not all of it i'm not saying that and i've been like very vocal about that on the podcast that like there's whatever gets people into drumming i'm cool with so if you want to like if you want to play with the drumstick you know taped to your hat or you want to play backwards or, or <laughs> you want to like you want to have these thing that makes your cymbals spin and you want to like set your drumsticks on fire whatever i don't care what you do as long as it's like getting people into playing but at some right. point, people have to realize that that's not real. Like that's yeah. not—it's not real music, and it's not—and you're not doing anything musically. You're a drummer, and you're not a musician. And I did—I right. even did a whole podcast about like the difference between the drumming business and the music business. Both are equally cool, and both are equally fine. I don't care which avenue you want to go down, but you should know that like the drumming business and the music business are two totally different things. Mm -hmm. Right. And I That's think so all. many drummers, so many drummers conflate them. And I don't I don't know if it's intentional on the part of the drumming business to to uh, make people believe that lessons you learn from, uh, you know, the outlets of the drumming business are going to be applicable in the music business. But they're mm -hmm. most of them are not right. Um, mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah. And it goes back to like the teaching gig that Matt didn't get. Like it sounds like they, you know, it sounds like that place wanted to attract students and build their student base on on gimmicks. Like, yeah. they, you know, because they, they wanted basically to teach them the drumming you, business, not the music. Right. Business. They basically told you, show us a gimmick, show us something flashy that, like, yeah. you know, will grab a kid's attention. Um, well, it, and it's, it, but here's the thing that that I took away from that is uh, and I and we've all talked to different drummers that can deliver that kind of crazy stuff. And and I think that there's an entertainment because we're in the entertainment industry. Yeah. And um, so one of this, the, the regular gig that I do there's people throw me so they're like okay take a solo you know like solo over this and it's like i haven't really it's taken me a few months to kind of find that improv improv improvisational bone again Mm -hmm. to try you know and, and and do that that i used to do and it's like so the band leader turns around and said yeah solo over this or you know now is a chance and that happens two or three times a gig and it's like Oh yeah, because we're not just doing this for drummers. We're do- there's people there in the venue wanting to see something and hear something to be entertained by. So right. I can't dismiss all that stuff because you are in the entertainment industry. Um, yeah, but you can so- be entertaining without being gimmicky. Like yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, and, and you don't, you don't have to, you know, just cause you're playing a drum solo doesn't mean it has to be a hundred percent improvised. Um, you know, you, you talked about like reconnecting thank you for with saying that. that cause that's exactly what works for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I'm, I'm experiencing this in my playing too. Like it's, it's okay to lean on, on some stuff that you know, you can do well. Um, you know, there's an interview I did with a guy named Zach Albetta. It's on the <laughs> podcast. He talks about that. Does he really? I yeah, wouldn't really. I wouldn't really listen to what that means. <laughs> it's just this is. There's a few things you can take away from. Everyone. Have you ever seen him play? No, I don't look at anything before I talk to anybody. You know, <laughs> I'm riffing. I don't know anything about my guests. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. No one's immune. <laughs> it's that it's that Philly thing, man. That's by that that was gentle. That was kid gloves by Philly standards. <laughs> oh, that was that was. <laughs> and that I'm was. Trying, rough, I'm trying to be. Like, I'm trying to be more uh, more more gentle in my in my elder years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's soften those edges, buddy. You're yeah. in California. Yeah. Hey, I'm from the Midwest, and that's so that's mean for me. Okay, I should. Uh, you're right. I should have been like, "Oh man, you sound, bro. You sound hella good, man, <laughs> bro." You got good, it, man. You got it. That's sounds it. You'll good. go far. Is that yeah. what the kids are saying? What's going on here? Hold on. Let You'll me go. go far, I gotta go man. grab some weed at the dispensary. I'll be right back. <laughs> Single origin edibles. Yeah. Uh, uh so just 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 uh, a little side note that at nam i don't i don't partake in any uh marijuana but uh there was at nam you could buy a cup of coffee and an edible like, just at oh, nam man. i was like what that's i was like this is amazing I'm, like and i don't like i i don't that's not my deal but i'm like like that's pretty we we have come a long way my friends yeah so saying 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 that's not my deal is like you should stick to that from now on because if you don't if (laughs) 
if you say, I do not partake in any marijuana. That's spoken <laughs> like a true square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was talking about coffee. I was saying I'll drink coffee. No, just oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zing. Uh, Dude, no, it's just, no, it's just, it's not my deal. Like, I think it's great that it's legal and everything. It's just not, yeah, it's not my yeah. deal. But for the record, Nick Ruffini does not partake in I any not partake. of the marijuana. We, 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 <laughs> in any of the marijuanas. <laughs> we had a gig at Copper Mountain, Colorado. So on the way from Denver, the drive up there, we stopped at a dispensary. And the singer got some edibles. And they're like, just you just take one. So what does he do? He takes two. Mm. And then we're beating these people that he knows for dinner. Oh, shit. So we're there. He walks in late, as he does, because he's a lead singer. And I hear LSD, him out lead loud. singer disorder. Before he gets to the, before he gets to the table, I hear him out loud saying, "Oh, good, I've got my pants on." And that's a it's a yeah. fun drug. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Oh, good. moderation, everyone. Oh, good, I got my Putting pants moderation. on. Uh, so, uh, just to kind of. Put a put a as you say, Nick. Put a bow on all this. Uh, anything coming up in Drummer's Resource or anything of note that we can let people know? Or uh, I mean, I have some I have some great interviews that are coming up. Like I had, uh, you guys know that I've, I've I think you guys know that I I was a big fish fan for years and like I've been to like ninety some fish shows or something like that. And you so, don't do drugs. What? And I do not. No, I do not. You do don't drugs. partake of the marijuana at the fish concert. <laughs> I do not. I do not. I am. I do not do drugs. Uh, you got fishman on there. I I just got fishman and nice. And awesome. he's like, "How long do you want to do this thing?" And I'm like, "I don't know, like forty five minutes or so." And he was like, "Oh, okay, cool. Three hours and forty five minutes. We did the interview." Oof. So, wow. uh, so that's, that's coming out. Editing. Yeah, no, 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 no editing. Oh, <laughs> He's like, are you going to edit this? Okay. I was like, oh God, no, <laughs> it's just going to go out. Nice. Um, awesome. So there's just like ramblings and everything. So that, and like, I don't, I just got some cool stuff coming up. I, Josh freeze. I was just at his house last week. Um, so I have him coming up and, uh, I just released Chris Layton from, with a uh, double trouble. Uh, you can check that out. JJ Johnson. Um, so I got that one coming out too. Um, but just cool. like, I want to start doing a couple, I, th- in 2018, I want to try to do a couple live events for drummers resource. So yeah, yeah. We've talked about that too. Like that's great. And less sort of less of an interview and more of like a, I don't even want to call it a clinic because I don't want it to be a clinic. I want it to be like whoever it is, right. You get, uh, you know, whoever, Chris Layton, right? So we find a place and we have like an intimate meeting, uh, maybe like 10 or 12 people and people pay to get in and we'll sit down, we'll chat with Chris, we'll answer questions, maybe have a drum set set up and people can come up and actually play and he can kind of like pick apart their playing and stuff like that. Maybe we'll have some drinks, serve some food and it'll just be like this really intimate hang yeah. Um, yeah. that people can actually like get get their their questions answered or having like a couple guys and having sort of a, yeah. a panel discussion and talk about, talk about career, talk about gigging, you know, like I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't want to do like a drum clinic thing. Um, so I think, I think this is the, like the next generation of drum clinic mm-hmm. in many yeah. respects, because I, I, I've seen like, you know, Rich Redmond has done that, his, his crash course thing. He's, right, right. He'll bring out a, uh, a panel 
a discussion type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rather than yeah. just being like, here's all my chops and then, you know, mm-hmm. buy my DVD or whatever. But <laughs> um, so and good I mean, luck so in the music business. Yeah. And good luck. Yeah. Where's my limo? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, just I, I want to try to just do uh, do some different stuff with drummers resource this year. Um, and then depending on whether we relocate or not, I, yeah, I want to either start a project or do something and I don't know how I'm not a hundred percent, uh, pushing on that right now. Um, but I also am ex- experimenting with, um, some other stuff in the music business. Like I was saying about helping, uh, artists and, and brands and labels and stuff like that with podcasting and, and audio, yeah. because I think audio is the is the next wave of, of what's going on um, because just because it saves people time. So whether it be Alexa voice or podcasting or um, um, Alexa skills that you can train, that you can, that you can have your Alexa, like do what's called a flash briefing. So you could be like, Hey, what's my flash briefing? And it'll be like, well, drummers resource released a new podcast today. Would you like to listen to it? And you can just listen to mm-hmm. it right there. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the area that, that I'm, that I'm looking to get into and then, and, but doing it in the music business. So like really niching down, um, yeah. because that's just what my area of expertise is. Technology is opening up yeah. the doors for new ways of making a living and, Definitely. and being creative. And uh, you're, it sounds like you're tapping into that. And, and, and as more and more people within different parts of the industry become hip to that, then, mm-hmm those of us that enjoy doing this uh, can can tap into that, you know, right. for sure. Right. And um, who knows? I may become a real estate agent. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, so be it. <laughs> I mean, um, I'm kidding, but like, I don't know. <laughs> who knows what the hell's I want yeah, to see your picture on a park bench in L.A. <laughs> there you go. five years. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, I, it, it, I just I want to m- make mention that the I've got a interview coming up with a, with a guy that a, a producer friend of mine uh, recommended. And I'm, I'm kind of excited because this has just all happened recently. I don't know if anybody knows this, this guy, but hopefully they will. Uh, Doug Belote. Oh yeah. He's a new Orleans drummer. Yeah. And he's working on a documentary um, of new Orleans drumming. Cool. And um, I'm excited, man. I'm real excited to, uh, to chat with him. Uh, I think so uh, I think he's friends with a guy named Shane Terrio. Shane Terrio is a guitar player, plays with Hall Notes. He's a buddy of mine, and I think like I, I know that name definitely. Uh, I know that name, Shane. Oh no, I'm thinking of a different uh, a bass player with the last name of Terrio. Oh, okay. That's why I was like, how do I know that name? Yeah, because yeah, I so, think like um, every yeah every I think actually yeah I think Shane is the one that told me about this documentary because like uh, Ziggs in it and Stanton and Johnny Vadakovich and Shannon Powell and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he and 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 Doug, not taking anything away. I mean, he he's a he's a badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen some, and and the people that he's worked with has been pretty amazing. And after Katrina, he lived in Nashville for a little while, and was making some really fast inroads with some heavyweights. Before, uh, and this is what I need to find out: is he moved back to New Orleans? Which you know, I can make some guesses why, but um, at the same time, uh, I don't think he would be a. a a stranger in any town. He's that mm-hmm. just the kind of guy, mm-hmm. you know, so that's yeah. for show. Cool. And, uh, and I think that, yeah. And, 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 and trying to find, I think we're kind of on the same page. Uh, Mike and Zach and I have been discussing off and on just some, 
some ways to to uh, you know f- find uh, ways to utilize the the podcast in the the uh, what's been built up over time and how to to kind of take that to maybe not to a next level but to another level with the with hopefully the reputation and and the the thing that's been built up and and Nick you've known about us since we started man I mean I was coming to you on hands and knees and saying hey man I'm starting this thing how can you help <laughs> uh, so you so it's been nice to see and it and it and it kind of start to take on a life of its own that yeah. I think yeah. the three of us are just trying to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, Definitely. like, I think it's, I, I, I love that you guys are still doing it, you know, like they always, everyone gets like the podcast fade where they're like, you know, it's once a week and then it's every two weeks and it's once a month. And then it's like once every two months <laughs> and then they just disappear. Right. Yep. You know? Yep. So I'm glad that you guys are, are still doing it. Like I, you know, I, I love what you guys are doing. I mean, obviously, you know, that, I, I dig what you guys are doing. So, well, you too, it, man. Yeah, man. It's in, and, and I appreciate you taking some time with this and and us again and checking in. It's it's fun and, and all that good stuff. And I had a we bunch. Got to do this in person. We didn't cover yes. any of this. Yeah, fly us out. Come on, man. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, fly yeah. us out. He says. <laughs> 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 I like well, I like how you just slip that in there real quick. <laughs> you know, it's like my friend. Every time somebody's on the phone, he'll 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 go up to him and say, "Hey man, get me on it, get me on it." I'm talking <laughs> to my mom. I know I need to get get me on it. <laughs> yeah, man, fly like fly us out. Get us uh, get us some per diem. Uh, we'll be there. Are you guys cool with flying private? I'll just <laughs> I'll send I'll send the uh, the drummer. I'll I'll send the uh the, the drummer's resource jet to get you. Yes. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, yes, the decommissioned uh, Iron Maiden jet. Yeah. No, it'll be I'll literally like send it to you in the mail because it's a it's a, <laughs> it's a micro machine. There you That's go. Great. Wow. Went back for that one. Mm. Cool. All right. Talking with you. Oh. Wait a minute. Well, Zach, you did what do you what's your what's your deal for twenty? No, no, don't don't, it? don't don't oh man, Nick, don't okay. don't encourage him. Shit. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> My deal. Um, I'm. Uh, I've. I've got calls out to uh, Tyler Greenwell Falcon, who's you know JJ Johnson's uh, drumming partner in mm-hmm. in Tedeschi Trucks. I'm trying to get him. Uh, I met uh, Johnny Rab here about six months ago, and I love Johnny. And, uh, been emailing with him. Um, so yeah, just uh, moving moving forward with uh with the interviews um and uh a lot of a lot of plan coming up in in march and april january and february are always kind of you know uh yeah. the, the valley yeah but um a lot of a lot of plans starting in march and uh just trying to keep up with this goddamn house that we just bought yeah <laughs> speaking of to-do lists there's a lot yeah. of projects a lot of little projects that got to happen. So it never yeah. ends, my friend. It never yeah. ends. Yeah, I got okay. paint everywhere. Beautiful, awesome dudes. Good deal. Well, thanks. Um, thank you guys. Thank you. It's always uh, stop. It's always uh, always great chatting with you guys. Yes, yeah. indeed. I gotta eat lunch and go teach. All right, well, go do your thing. I'll uh, I'll take the audio and I'll send it around so everybody has it and. If you guys can I do have, the same, I have it as I have it recorded as well. Um, what's what's best? I mean, I can use what I have here. Um, you, I'll let you guys work that out. I'm talking out. Okay, see you, sir.
Bye, guys. I'll just send it to you if you need it. Okay, um, do you want me to send? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, because I don't know. I don't know how it's going to record on my end. Like, it definitely isn't going to record it in on three tracks. No, mine's one track. Okay, so I'll mine's at one. least I'll at least have two. Uh, depending on how the if the audio is good, just send me yours. Like if you if it's if the levels are good for all three of us. I, I it I'll I'll double check, but I, but I this is kind of my usual setup, and I'm glad we did the Skype thing. I'm glad I got it worked out because it does sound it sounds really good. You, yeah. you all sound uh, good, so uh, I'm I'll, let me double I'll check it, and then um, I mean it's pretty big. How do you do? How do you share the files? You do um, WeTransfer, Dropbox. Or? Uh, you can put it in Dropbox. Okay. Okay, and just it's send, uh, just send me a Dropbox link. It's a uh, gotcha. I'll do that. Cool, man. Good deal, brother. Yeah, um, let's uh, just keep in touch, and um, you know. Yeah, I think I I may be coming down to Nashville uh, like next month or something. So really, yeah. Well, so if, here's the thing that's unusual uh, that I'm adjusting to now is that now I can look ahead and, and say, oh, when you're in town, let's do this. And I've been able to do more things like that, knowing that I'm not going to be out. I still am doing like one and two day trips with different people, uh, but not out like I was, uh, like I was before. So please let me know, man. And, and okay. I'll take you to some fun restaurant or something like that. We'll do that. I'm, I'm in. Awesome. I am in. All right, Thanks, brother. Nick. Yeah, man. Appreciate Thank you, dude. you. Yeah, dude. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. See you, brother. Bye-bye. So there you have it. That was my mans. My mans and them. It was Zach Albetta and Matthew Krause. I love those dudes. And Zach is in Atlanta. So if anybody's down there, hit him up. Matthew is in uh, Nashville. So hit him up there. I'm in the Bay Area. If you want to hang, let me know. And yeah, I hope you got some value out of that. Like I said, it was a great way to check in on some stuff that we talked about in the previous episode. So if you want to listen to that one, that's session 255. So you can check that out. And then this is sort of the follow-up to that. So I hope you dug it. And until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll be talking to you soon. Peace.